power of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes, begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just thank Him. Thank Him for divine protection. Thank Him for His grace that is sufficient for you and for His strength that is made perfect even in the times of your weakness. Just give Him glory wherever you find yourself tonight. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God. You want to pray and commit yourself into God's hands, even as this word is about to come forth. You want to pray that this word will come forth with power, that it will bring about a transformation in your life. Come against every obstacle, every form of resistance to the entrance of the word, every confusion, every burden. Let it be lifted tonight in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Shall we pray? father in the name of jesus we give you all the praise and adoration indeed you are the king of kings and the lord of laws lord we thank you for this gathering because it's unto no other name but unto the name of jesus your word says wherever two or three are gathered in your name you are there in their midst holy spirit we ask that you shall take absolute control as i'm about to speak your word may i not speak of my own accord i may i speak as you grant me utterance by virtue of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God, I take authority in the realm of the spirit and I declare a supernatural injunction on any activity of the enemy in this place. We declare the hearts and the minds of the people of God sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their father through the word this evening. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, I we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for tonight and we thank him for his word. How many of you are ready to receive the word tonight? For um, a couple of services and I've been dealing with the subject of the dynamics of blessings and curses. And tonight I'm continuing along the same trajectory. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So tonight... I'm preaching part three of the dynamics of blessings and curses. And tonight, I want to deal with a very, very, very important aspect of this subject. A very, very, very important aspect of this subject. So tonight, I'm talking about self-imposed curses. Self-imposed curses. Curses that we impose upon ourselves. Hallelujah. Now, the bible is littered with verses that prove to us that words are very important sometimes out of despair out of desperation and even sometimes as a joke we release certain words into the atmosphere and we end up getting ensnared by these words words are very 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 powerful words can change people's lives the world as you see it now was created by words and if we were created in the image of the one who spoke those words for the earth to come into being it means we our words also carry power hallelujah and so we must be careful 
the things we say about ourselves. We must be careful the things or the utterances that we make. Now, I mean, to demonstrate how powerful words are. You can imagine a baby uttering a two-syllable word like dada. And it can make a grown man break down in tears. Because for the first time, the child has called you dada. Funny enough, the, the children end up calling dada before they call mama. For some funny reason, it's the dada comes first before the mama comes first. But, I mean, some grown men can cry, break down and cry simply because of a two-syllable word from a baby. That should tell you how powerful words are. Hallelujah. Words carry a lot of power. Words carry a lot of virtue. And so we must be careful the words that we speak. Somebody will say, oh, uh, Pastor, you're talking about self-imposed curses. Um, when we talk about curses, we are talking about like serious stuff. Serious things. Yes, they think you need shinap and a white egg. That is when, when you speak, the words carry a lot of power. You need a white egg. They said the egg for that one has to be white. If it is the brownish one, it does not work. It doesn't work. It has to be a white egg with shinap. Hallelujah. But I want to show you that even jokes, things people say without even meaning them. Let me tell you, the atmosphere, there are are too many demons and too many angels in the atmosphere. These are spirit beings that carry words and work on them. Hallelujah. They carry words and work on them. And so, we must be careful the words that we speak. We must be careful the things that we say. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2, Let's see what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2. Proverbs chapter 6 verse 2. It said, You have been trapped by what you said and snared by the words of your mouth. There are a lot of people who have been trapped by the words that they say. A trap is a restriction. A trap, when you are caught in a trap, it's difficult for you to come out. A lot of people have found themselves in places and situations in life and it's as a result of words that they have spoken. Now let's read Matthew chapter 12, 36 to 37. This one, it is Jesus Christ himself speaking. When Jesus starts talking, you must take it serious. He said, said, but I say unto you that every idle word, and the operative word in this statement is idle, that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. The most serious day on earth in the history of mankind will be the day of judgment. That's the most serious day, like no joke day. It's a day of destiny. It's, it's a serious affair. The most important day, like the most serious day in our future to come, 
Jesus was talking about it and he's saying that idle words will play a key role in that very important occasion on that very important occasion idle words you could have said that every word that men shall speak and we ourselves should have decided that he meant the serious things but he wanted us to know that even the idle ones the, the, the seemingly unimportant things idle words things that you just say like oh I'm joking I'm just saying something he said you shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment so if idle words will be key on the day of judgment then we should be careful the things that we speak hallelujah in fact this statement makes me even uh, conclude that there's nothing like an idle word there's there's nothing like an everything you speak carries weight everything you 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 speak has consequences may the lord train our tongues to speak right things hallelujah i want to give you a few examples of self-imposed cases now when we talk about self-imposed cases we are talking about cases that you bring upon yourself as a result of the things that you say now there is a certain principle in the bible about sowing and reaping it is an eternal principle it precedes the law it will remain it, it remained after the law it's like if you read genesis chapter 8 verse 20 the bible says as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest time he mentioned certain seasons they will never 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 depart from us it's like it's something that is with us as long as the earth remains what it means is that this thing transcends dispensations it transcends eras so we say we are in the era of this or we are in the dispensation of this it says so long as the earth remains so long as the earth has not been destroyed that principle of you sow and you reap will remain it will be with us <laughs> hallelujah and the bible says in the book of galatians chapter 6 verse 7 it said be not deceived for god is not mocked wherever you sow the same shall you reap hallelujah it is a principle we can't run away from it is a principle we cannot circumvent look at somebody like jacob Jacob sowed the seed of deceit by deceiving his father and collecting the blessing. And he reaped deceit. He met his father-in-law who also decided that he was also a deceiver. And so he worked seven years and when it was time for him to marry, he swapped. You see, he sowed a seed of deceit by disguise. He disguised himself to go and collect a blessing. And he reaped a harvest of deceit by disguise. This principle is eternal. It it, it doesn't matter what era you find yourself in. What you sow, you will reap it. So also disguised Leah. This time was not for a blessing, it was for a ring. Disguised Leah and she went for the ring. If he said, Oh, you gotta do it again. 
They say Jacob and Rachel's story is one of the greatest love stories. To work 14 years for a woman and your feelings for her has not diminished. If the feelings went away at a point, he would have said after year nine that Charlie, things are not the same again. Right now, I see you as my sister. <laughs> Let me stop this hard labor and find somewhere to pass. But their love endured. Hallelujah. May the love you find be a love that endures. Hallelujah. Yeah. He's so deceit by disguise and he reaped deceit by disguise he, he used sheep sheep clothing I don't know what Jethro used but you see the, uh, deceit by, by sheep what do you call it you know, it's it, it haunted him again you know Joseph was his favorite son and he was misbehaving okay not misbehaving but his brothers didn't like him they decided to sell him and they decided to kill a sheep a lamb and use the blood on the coat of many colors and they brought it to the old man and he was depressed for the rest of his life until he found Joseph again the things he was doing is like they were just coming back and he was reaping what he has sown. These principles are eternal, everlasting principles. I pray that you sow good seeds today so that you reap in future. You see, the thing about the principle of sowing and reaping is that you sow one grain, but you don't reap one grain. Nobody will put one grain of corn in the ground and harvest time. You go and take one grain and you say, this is my harvest. No... You put one grain in the ground and you reap pots with hundreds of grains on them. That means there is always a multiplier effect. What you sow, you reap multiples of it. David sowed the seed of loyalty and he reaped loyalty. Loyalty to Saul. Even when it was obvious Saul wanted his life. He said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. I will not kill the Lord's anointed. When he cut Saul's garments, the Bible said his heart smote him. His heart should have rejoiced. That being happy that the Lord has delivered my enemy into my hands. The men around him were like, kill him and ascend. This is your chance. This is your promotion. This is an open door. This is your day to step into what God... And you know, it would have been very easy for David to do because one, he had been anointed as king. So this is my right, this is my right. This is the day that the Lord has made. <laughs> and I must kill the king and become... But he sowed the seed of loyalty. And look at how loyal his men were to him. To the extent that they could risk their lives. The loyalty of his men preserved his own life. When he went and tried to kill another of Goliath's brothers, a giant. And one of his mighty men came and rescued him and saved him. There was a time he was thirsty. The men said, boss, we will get you water. Between them and the well was a Philistine garrison. The Bible said they broke through the garrison, went and brought him the water. When the brother was like, what kind of loyalty is this? No, I cannot drink this water. I can't drink. Are you bad? They've risked their lives. They're going to bring you the water. Now you won't drink. Hey, this king. 
So I don't know. I, I, I just cannot. He was too overwhelmed. Whatever you sow, you will reap it. Hallelujah. If Saul had killed David, he wouldn't have survived the rebellious attack by Absalom. His own son Absalom. He would have been killed in that uh, insurgence or whatever they call it. He, he wouldn't have survived it. But look at how easily they crushed Absalom's people. It's because he had sown a seed of loyalty. And so he reaped loyalty many, many times more. Hallelujah. May you sow good seeds so that you reap good seeds. This is just a, a foundation I want to lay before I start going into the issue of how we ensnare ourselves. The words we speak are like seeds that we are sowing. And we reap thereof from what we speak. I want to show you some examples in the Bible from Israel and then from other individuals of how their own words ensnared them and it brought certain things into their life. And and my prayer is that after today, somebody's language will change. That, that the way people talk about certain things about themselves, about the situations they find themselves in, will change after today hallelujah sometimes out of desperation we say something oh that's what this in there i i can never do it i can it is not possible it is not possible some people can actually say something about says hey i'm stupid oh how stupid could i i'm, I, I'm so stupid why is it, you've been saying some things nowadays when the exam comes you are confused you sit behind the book and you are seeing things that are supposed to be seen one. You are seeing them two, two. Because you are declaring stupidity <laughs> upon your life. May the Lord change your language today. In the Bible, the people of Israel, there were a lot of times when their own words ensnared them. And I'll give you some of the examples. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 14, verse 2 to 4. Numbers chapter 14. This was when, you know, there was a point in time in their journey to the promised land. They selected some people, representatives from the various tribes to go and spy the, the, the promised land. And when they got there, there were two groups of people. There were two groups of people. One group was made up of 10 people. There were 12 spies, 10 people. And then another group of two people, Joshua and Caleb. The 10 came and gave a very, very bad report. They said, the people are giants. We are like grasshoppers. We will be killed. We cannot do it. It is not possible. As for this one, let us find... Because it's like the door had opened. They had to take a decision. Are we going in or we are waiting? But then the other two, Joshua and Caleb came and said, look, yes, it is true and all of that. But they also started painting the good picture of the land, that it is flowing with milk and honey. There are very, very good things in there and all of that. But their language was different because they declared that we are well able. We can take this land. It is possible for us to take the land. Now, let's read Numbers chapter 14, verse 2 to 4. When they came, they gave the information. Of course, the 10, the majority, people believed. You see, they should tell that the majority is not always right. They believed their report more. 
And so this is what the people of Israel started saying. He said their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. It's like you people, you brought us on the verge of this thing. The people in there, whether they are human beings or not, we don't know. You want us to go in there. He said, if only we had died in Egypt or even here in the wilderness. You see, they are speaking words. So it's like we wish we had died in Egypt, but that didn't happen. So in the wilderness, now even in the wilderness, like it's like it would be better than us going in there and these people will just run over us. Let's read the verse 3. He said, why is the Lord taking us to this country? Only to have us die in battle. Our wives and our little ones will be carried off as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to return to Egypt? Let's see the verse 4. He said, Then they plotted among themselves, Let's choose a new leader and go back to Egypt. They said certain things into the atmosphere, including dying in the wilderness. That we prefer to die in the owner. We like to die. That's what Egypt, we couldn't die there. We can't go back. It's like, it, 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 we can't reverse the time. So this wilderness, it will be better for us to die here than to go to this world for them to beat us badly. Let's jump to verse 28 of the same Numbers chapter 14. Verse 28. So after they have said this, God got angry with them. How can you be talking like this? asking to die in the wilderness and things like that and listen to what god said you see that's why we shouldn't just open our mouths and declare things he said now tell them this as surely as i live when god starts using such words in a near break as surely as i live declares the lord i will do to you the very things i heard you say this is serious business the things you are saying, God is hearing them. The things you are declaring, God is hearing them. He said, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. And God's ears are sharp. Even if you whisper it, yes. The very things I heard you say. Verse 29. He said, you will all drop dead in this wilderness. And it comes with an exclamation mark. Because you complain against me and every one of you who is 20 years old or older and was included in the registration will die. So he said, you want to die in the wilderness. It's better than to go and inherit the promised land that God prom- he promised from Abraham's time. Oh. You are saying it's better for you to die in the wilderness. I said, the thing you said, I'll do to you. What I heard you say is what I'll do to you. I pray that God will hear you say positive things. And may he do the positive things that you say about your life. Verse 30. He said, you will not enter and occupy the land I swore to give you. The only exceptions will be Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. And Joshua, son of Nun. Why? Because they spoke positive things. May you speak positive things. May, may you give positive reports about things. May, may the spirit of pessimism be taken out of your life. 
sometimes we we are just overwhelmed by pessimism it's like we don't see possibilities we we, we don't see things it's like every time we just look at things from the negative end the bottle mustn't always be half empty look at it as half full hallelujah he said the things i heard you say i will do the same things to you he said you will die in the wilderness if you say die in the wilderness is fine you will die in the wilderness all of you 20 years and older all of you were captured in the census you are dying it was an opportunity for israel to enter the promised land early it's like the revolving door it opened they failed to enter and it took them several years again before they were able to enter i pray that your language will change that you speak positive things you you will see positivity and that you will not lose negativity all the time hallelujah israel again let's read matthew chapter 27 from verse 24 you see god protected israel from a lot of castles and things like that including the case of bala he spoke things and it turned into into blessings when it came to the curses from their enemies the people who are not from god god shielded them from those things just like how we the children of abraham as i told you the other time a, a malam cannot curse you that one god will not sit down and allow it to happen hallelujah but the ones you speak yourself god cannot protect you from them the ones you you declare yourself the ones that you speak into your own life this was when jesus christ was about to be crucified he said when pilate saw that he could not prevail at all but rather that a tumult was rising when the people were asking for barabbas and things like that pilate knew in the side jesus was innocent how can you compare somebody who was a rebel a criminal barabbas a killer a murderer to somebody who fed thousands of people healed sick people i mean the two are not comparable in his heart he knew that jesus was the one supposed to have been freed but the pressure of the people and look at what he wisely did he said he took water and washed his hands before the multitude saying i am innocent of the blood of this just person you see to it if you want to kill him you take him and go and do your own thing i don't have anything to do with it let's see the verse 25 and look at what they said you don't open your mouth and say such things he said and all the people answered and said all of them together that's even more serious when you speak in agreement and unison it carries even more weight the bible says two shall agree as touching a thing it shall be established they were establishing something upon themselves and upon their children they said and all the people answered and said his blood be on us and on our children how can you make such a statement in, in, in such a momentous time, a spiritually relevant time like that? You see, all times are not the same. There are times when the atmosphere is open and charged with a lot of spiritual activity. Even in our lives, there are certain occasions when a baby is dedicated, for example, there is a charged spiritual atmosphere. The things that are said, they, 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 they move fast in the realm of the spirit. They move fast. When you're on the verge of entering a new year, 31st night is one of those nights. Sometimes when you go to church on 31st, it's like you feel the presence of God. It's like that night is, there are, there are moments and times when there is heightened spiritual activity. 
And so certain things you declare during those cardinal times can follow you for the rest of your life. And look at this this time. A time when we were on the... You see, the period before Jesus Christ was crucified was like the handing over time from the old covenant into the new covenant. It's like we were now shifting gear into another. It, it was such an important and for you to open your mouth with one accord to make such a statement, his blood be on us and on our children. You see, when God blessed Abraham, he mentioned a lot of things and the blessing of Abraham is, is the blessing of the Jews. And we when we become born again, we become partakers of that blessing also. I told you at that time that God put a, a, a protective clause that I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. So he was protecting them from the enemies and stuff like that, the curses from other people. and other. But the ones they declared upon themselves, they themselves, it's like you, you more or less hold or tie God's hands. The Jews, as much as they are prosperous, as much as a lot of things are going for, they are also suffering. Jews are suffering. They are persecuted. It's like, look at what the Nazis did. Exterminated six million of them and all of that. It is strongly believed that it is this thing they, they said upon themselves. So the blessing God gave them there is there is working. If you start a business and a Jew comes to open a store next to you, you better go and do some serious prayer because there's just something about them they will, people will come and look at your shop and move into this most of the wealthiest businessmen in the United States of America are Jews they are Jewish people it's, it's just a certain blessing upon them some of them they, they say they don't even believe in advertising their businesses because they tithe and the blessing of the tithing is upon them they don't need to there are Jewish multinationals that don't market they are goods but they are surviving not just surviving but doing very well it's because there is a certain hand upon them but at the same time because of this thing that they said they are, they are also persecuted it's, it's like even when they are innocent they are being chased just like the blood of an innocent person they say it should be upon them an innocent person like Jesus who had done that they say it should be upon his blood should be upon. so if an innocent person who you have pronounced guilty his blood is upon you. Then you, even when you are innocent, you people will see you as guilty. Look at how the Arabs hate them. And they didn't say just on them, but on our children. You know, sometimes people get excited and they say things. You just say you. And leave the children out of it. I say upon us and upon our children. Upon our children. Oh, may, may the Lord change our language. May we start speaking great things into our lives and into the lives of our children and our unborn children. Israel. Now let me show you an individual. David. David. David went and took Bathsheba. When he took Bathsheba, he decided, no, this woman, I want her for myself. Permanent. So to do that, he had to eliminate Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, a faithful soldier in his army. So he plotted. He said, put him where the battle is hottest. This man, he's an expert in war. He knows. <laughs> he knows very well that, look, if this man is put there, he, he knew his soldiers, he knew their capabilities. There are people, if you put there, they'll survive. But he knew Uriah. 
Uriah cannot survive this one. Put him where the battle is hottest. Let's let's see what will happen. <laughs> and unfortunately, Uriah got killed, not by David's sword, but by his orchestration and machination. Uriah got killed. So, committed adultery and murder, and he took Bathsheba for himself. And then a prophet, the prophet Nathan approached him. God gave him a revelation of the sin that the king had committed. He wasn't an eyewitness, but a spiritual witness to the sin that the king had committed. So he came to the king. And you see, this is a lesson in how to approach authority, even when they are wrong. You can be MPP, you can be NDC, whoever is in power, you must show the person respect. You don't post things on Facebook insulting the president as if respect has been thrown to the dogs. Whether it is Mahama in power or Akufuado in power or whoever, you have no right, even if the person is wrong, to post things on your Facebook with language that is not decorous with filthy language and i mean sometimes i i I go through facebook and i get sad i'm like where is this country getting to young people who haven't done anything with their lives yet and they are insulting people in authority from both sides mpp and dc is all in the name of politics disrespecting authority even if they are wrong there's a way you go about it so Nathan, he had all the apple. This one, he had all the information. It's not hearsay like yours. It's not rumors. God himself showed him. I don't know how whether he spoke in his ears or he showed him. <laughs> However, he had accurate information on what happened. When he went, he didn't go pointing a finger into David's way. Hey, king, your days are not bad. How can you do such a thing? How come a man of your caliber behave like this? No. He went and put the thing in the story form. He was showing him respect. He put the thing in the story form. He said, a man had an eel. An eel is a female sheep. A poor man, he had one. And was a rich man who had many. And the rich man had people he wanted to entertain them. And he came and took the poor man's own and sacrificed, like killed it and used it to feed his guests. So you see how he was trying to put the thing in a respectful manner. That, that is how you deal with authority, both, both spiritual and, and secular. You don't go and, 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 and hey, we are, we are talking. John the Baptist, he was talking against authority. His head went off. He was speaking his mind. Hey, as well as we speak our mind. We say his head was on a plate. Fast. You, you need to know how you approach authority. I'm sure even this one, he fasted and prayed for the wisdom to know how to approach King David. He put it in a story form and he made King David himself say the things that... Let's say. And listen to what King David said. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 5 to 7. Second Samuel chapter 12, verse 5 to 7. So when he told him the story, he was talking about him, but at this point he didn't know that was him he was talking about. How can you? Somebody has one. You have plenty, and you come and take 
the one that the person had. Look at what David said. He said, David's anger was greatly aroused against the man. The man they were talking about in the story. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, when those words come in, means say, Nibriaba. And when you proceed, what you are coming to say by such sacred words, then the spirit beings are ready <laughs> to take those words and to act on them. As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die. Verse 6. And he shall restore fourfold for the lamb because he did this thing and because he has no pity. He preceded it by as long as the Lord lives. That means you have spiritualized the whole thing and the, the whole the statement has now acquired a spiritual dimension. He said two things. He said one, that the man will surely die and then two, he will restore fourfold. That means the one you took your four must be taken. Verse 7. He said, then Nathan said to David, I'm sure now he said, okay, you are the man that said the Lord God of Israel. That's the part I'm interested in for this particular way. He told him, you are the man. And then, then David realized, hey, what I did, I, I, I wonder how he didn't know what he did was wrong. And it was after, maybe Nathan was very anointed, like, you know, conviction just came upon the king and he realized what he had done. But then let's go to the same second Samuel chapter 12, now to verse 13. After Nathan told him this, he was very remorseful, very repentant. And, and that is one of the ways of, of reversing the things that you are speaking about yourself. The first step is actually repentance. Okay, There are two more hours that I'll show you. Repentance is the first step. He says, so David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. So he said two things. One, the man must die as long as the Lord lives. The man who did this must die. But then repentance came in. So Nathan is now telling him that the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. But you see, when you read the next verse, it tells him that, but as for the son, that will be born out of this unholy union, that child is going to die. All right. So he was exonerated from the dying part. Now, when God looked into the thing, said, "No, you. I have a serious assignment for you. You can't. You can't. You can't go away like that. So you, because of the remorse, let me take this one out. That one that you pronounce upon yourself. But you see, he said, for the one that he took, four shall be taken. When you look at David." He lost four of his children through unnatural. They died prematurely. Four of his children died prematurely. The first one was the son that was born to Bathsheba. You can find that in Second Samuel chapter twelve, verse eighteen. The second was Amnon, the one who tricked Tamar, David's daughter, his own sister, and had carnal knowledge of her. He was killed by Absalom. Because Tamar was Absalom's 
younger sister. Out of his anger, he came and killed Amnon. So that was the second lamb that was taken. The third lamb was Absalom himself, who decided to revolt against his own father. And when the revolution was crashed, he was trying to run away. And his hair, he was very hairy, his hair got caught up in the branches, and Joab came and finished him up. The fourth lamb was Adonijah. He was killed by Solomon. Because when Solomon had been made king, he was trying to, you know, yeah, do some aluta and try and take the again. Solomon had to finish him. So in David's life, just as he declared, as long as the Lord lives, that for the one that he took, the man took, four of his lambs must be taken. I don't know what unction he was speaking under that he didn't say two or three, but four. He said four. And as he said it, he had it that way. Four of his own children were taken away. I pray that you will not ensnare yourself by your, your own words. You will not trap yourself by your own words. You will not, you will not create negative situations for yourself by your own words. Finally, Peter. This was a very outspoken apostle. When nobody wants to talk, he will open his mouth and speak. Peter was a very aggressive young man. When Jesus put tricky questions to them like, who do men say that I am? He will boldly come up and declare that you are Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus will say, blessed are thou Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father in heaven. This was a very outspoken guy. He used to promise Jesus, promise Jesus that wherever you go, I will go. <laughs> so I said, we, we will defend you. We are there with you. We are behind you. But you see, sometimes when people say we are behind you, what they mean is that we are way behind you. <laughs> it's not the same. Way behind you. <laughs> Why you have a responsibility? We are support, we are behind you. Be careful. Some of them they mean we are way behind you. But you see, when you look at Peter, in the early stages when Jesus was about to be arrested, he seemed to be in the mood to fulfill all the promises he had made. He took out a sword and slashed Marcus's ear off back like that. Jesus said, Hey, put the sword where it's supposed to be. And he did quick plastic surgery, repaired the ear fast. Things. I'm sure they are, hey, this matter is a different matter. I don't know where the change came in, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe go and bring, let God give you the revelation as to where the change came in because somebody who was ready to pick a sword and slash somebody's ear, and it and and 24 hours didn't even pass. When soldiers were there, he could pull a sword. But when a small maid stood in front of him and said, You are one of Jesus' disciples. To be a disciple means you love Jesus. You follow Jesus. When he multiplies bread, you eat some. <laughs> you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. He said, Hey, I don't know what you are talking about. I don't know what happened those hours. I just don't know what happened. He opened his mouth and used his own tongue to deny Jesus. Not once, not twice. The third time, he even wanted to curse the girl. <laughs> Three times, he said, I am not a disciple of Jesus. 
I don't love Jesus Christ. I don't follow Jesus Christ. I am not one of his people. Serious statements, not just once, not twice, but three times. We use our own mouths to take ourselves out of things. Let's read that account in Mark chapter 14 from verse 66. Mark 14, 66. He was denouncing his discipleship. He was denouncing his love for Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 14, 66 to 72. He said, And Peter was beneath in the palace. There cometh one of the maids of the high priest. You, you, okay, there's no need to go through it. I've summarized the story already. We know the story. Not once, not twice, but three times. He denied Jesus Christ. And then, look at what happened. In Mark chapter 16, verse 7. He had used his own mouth to take himself out from among the disciples not once not twice but three times that i am not part of them let's see mark chapter 16 verse 7 mark chapter 16 verse 7 now read the words carefully three times he had taken himself out with his own mouth when jesus resurrected look at what the angel said you see angels they are like soldiers they they go by principle like this is it. Angels follow instructions. Have you seen an angel that has been instructed? Go and kill this. And the angel is begging for the people before. No, no. They, they, they move by principle. It's like this is it. And that is how it has to be. That's how angels operate. Some demons to do that. Because they are, they are related. They are all angels. In a, they, they just obey instructions. Look at what he said. When they went to the grave and Jesus was not there. He said, but go your way. Tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Isn't Peter supposed to be one of the disciples? Why should the angels separate them and say go and tell his disciples and Peter? It's because days before he had used his own mouth to denounce Jesus. He had used his own mouth to take himself out. Look, there are a lot of things we take ourselves out of. Sometimes false humility. When they see you, somebody sees you dressed, they say, Hey, Charlie, rich man, we say, Charlie, we the poor people, yeah. Oh, may the Lord change your language. As for we the poor people, you want to put yourself into that category. The person is saying the thing, say amen. Say, yes, I'm, I'm rich, yes, I'm a prosperous man. When you finish praying at work and they say, Oh, so, or so, or so, or so, they say, Oh, please, we beg you. We are now trying to false humility. <laughs> you are using your own mouth to take yourself out of things. Good things that have been declared into your life, you are using your own mouth to take yourself out of them. As for we, the poor people, dear. And hear people say those things. That's for we, the poor people. It's like you are you are stamping poverty upon your life with your own mouth. Your language must change. Your language must change. 
only God knows how many things in the spirit you have taken yourself out. Like Peter took himself from among the disciples, as we can see in the scripture, by denying Jesus Christ three times. But you see, our God is a God of mercy. Hallelujah. He always gives us a chance to right the wrongs in our lives. I'm sure right now you are scanning your mind, remembering some of the things that you have said about yourself. Let's look at John chapter 21. Just before Jesus was about to ascend into heaven, he had to give Peter the chance to right this wrong. He says, so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, he had to deal with this thing before leaving. How can this man, who many dangerous prophecies have been set upon his head, spiritual? So he was with them, but he wasn't like he was with them. He was walking with them, but we you went for you are taking yourself out of the thing. So you can be walking with future millionaires, but because of the things you have said, you have taken yourself out. They can be your friends. They can you can be doing a lot of things with them, but in the spirit, when we are seeing the millionaires, we are not among. You are not part of them. You are working brothers. You, you believe all of you do ministry. You are all heading for, you know, doing the work of God. But you fuse your mouth. You've taken yourself out of it already. Because when people called you or so you said, Oh, me dear. We, we are now coming. <laughs> and things like Nobody saying be proud though. It says, so when they had dined, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He was trying to give him the chance to restore now with his own mouth again. He said unto me, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my lambs. Next verse. He said unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? In other words, do you love me? He said unto him, Yeah, Lord, thou knowest I love thee. He said unto him, feed my sheep. Next verse. The verse 17. He said unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? In other words, do you love me? Peter was grieved. You see, he that's his nature. No, he was going to get angry. He was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me. It's like you've asked me once. I said it. You asked me twice. It's like, why are you doubting third time? So it's getting grieved. That he asked him a third time. And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. <laughs> thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, feed my sheep. He didn't know what Jesus Christ was doing. It was important for him to give him the chance to totally outdo what he had done because he denied him not once, not twice, but three times. And he needed to give him a chance, not once, not twice, but three times to totally wipe away and undo the negativity that he has spoken. Tonight, God is giving you another chance. That things you may have spoken into the atmosphere out of pain, out of hurt, out of anger, out of frustration you may have said things last for this and it will never work again people have been called sickness and early death unto themselves by saying oh as for this and it will kill me oh but tonight god is giving you another chance peter had to first repent of what he had done 
the second thing he did was to revoke it and that was what Jesus Christ took him through the process of revocation and the third thing is to replace that which you have said with positive things and tonight I want you to pray wherever you are revoke the negativity sometimes you may not even remember the things that you have said but those things are in the atmosphere they are in the realm of the spirit they are working against you because they are words that you spoke with your own mouth tonight you are going to pray you are going to pray you are going to neutralize every negative word that you have spoken about yourself about your destiny any negativity that you have released into the atmosphere out of frustration out of fear anything that you may have said that the enemy wants to take advantage of even with your health people commonly say hey that's what this need to kill me that's what this pain need to kill me you want to lift up your voice and cancel those words right now in the name of jesus you want to revoke them right now in the name of jesus things that out of false humility you have said into the atmosphere you want to revoke them right now you want to cancel them right now you want to neutralize the effect of those words right now in the name of jesus christ of nazareth the son of the living god you want to turn around every self-imposed curse upon your life sometimes things are not going well in our lives and we do not understand it is because certain words we ourselves have spoken are working against us you want to revoke right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. Revoke every word. Revoke every negativity. Revoke every word that you are spoken to imply impossibility in your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, we reverse the power of any negative words that have been spoken in the name of Jesus. The Bible said once as he said and twice have we heard that power belongs to God. We declare today that the only power at work in your life is the power of Elohim, is the power of Jehovah. Lift up your voice, revoke right now, reverse right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And now I want you to replace those words with positivity. If you can use your mouth to curse yourself, then it means you can use your mouth to bless yourself. Begin to declare that I'm the head and not the tail. Begin to declare that I will make it in life. Begin to declare that I am a stable Christian. Begin to declare that wealth is my portion. Success is my portion. Failure will no longer be my, my dwelling place. That the days of negativity, the days of stagnation are over. In the name of Jesus, begin to speak good health into your life. The Bible says life and death lies in the power of the tongue. Lift up your voice and begin to speak. Replace right now in the name of Jesus. Bible says you shall decree a thing and it shall be established and when men are cast down you shall say there is a lifting up begin to declare a lifting up whatever you are down begin to declare a lifting up right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth things you have said to block your career the future of your career things you may have said to block your academic future things you may have said to block your future in ministry let there be a reversal right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Let goodness, let mercy follow you all the days of your life. And may you continually have your feet planted in the house of the Lord. 
forever and ever. Take glory, Father. Take glory, Son. Take glory, Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. On Sunday, we'll deal with our lady to pray a prayer of revocation, a prayer of release. As I've dealt with, with all sorts of curses and stuff like that, we are going to pray on Sunday and make certain poignant declarations into our life. Hallelujah. So on Sunday, I'll not teach much. I'll teach a little and then we zoom into apostolic prophetic stuff. Hallelujah. And, and, and I believe lives are going to be turned around. Certain cycles are going to be broken of people's lives. People will move from stagnation into progress in their lives. And the hand of the Lord will be a blessing unto you. Thank you and stay blessed. Amen. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7250 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! Overflow, overflow, when I